Welcome to C3 Church Tubra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. want to share with you tonight, you know, I've got a favorite scripture in Isaiah 60. I quote it a lot. And it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, a thick darkness is over the peoples. And I was thinking about this darkness and the last couple of years, I've been thinking, what is this darkness? Because you've got to realize this is Isaiah. And in Isaiah, this verse has not been fulfilled yet. So Isaiah chapter 60 hasn't been fulfilled yet. So it means that this darkness that's going to come over the earth hasn't come yet, but it's going to come. And a few years ago, I started to ask the Lord about it. And the Lord said to me, part of the darkness that's going to come across the earth is fear. Because the scriptures say in Luke, I think it's 21, 26, it says men's hearts, in the last days, men's hearts will fail them from fear. And so who sees an increase in fear? across the earth in the last few years. Anxiety, who sees an increase? A lot more young people are on medication, a lot more people are getting stressed, a lot more people are anxious. But see, there's something in this, in this scripture, it says, arise, shine, it's saying to the church, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And then it says, see, darkness covers the earth. A thick darkness is over who? Over the peoples of the earth. See, it doesn't say in this scripture, a thick darkness is over the earth. It's a thick darkness over the church. See, darkness covers the earth. It's a thick darkness over the people of God. See, darkness covers the earth. There's a thick darkness over the people of God. You see, fear is going to come across the earth and the church is going to be trembling. And the church is going to be hiding and the church is going to be insignificant, insipid and dark in the midst of the darkness. It doesn't say that. It says arise. Arise. You know, the, the uh, Message Bible says arise from the depression and the prostration that circumstances have held you in. Arise and shine. For your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Arise. There's got to be a place somewhere in this scripture, as darkness begins to increase, as fear begins to increase, as anxiety begins to increase, as stress begins to increase, there's got to be a place somewhere where the church begins to arise, where the people of God begin to arise above the darkness. And the only way that I see that we can do that is by a divine revelation about what the darkness is so that we don't come under it. Who knows that the scriptures say you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And when we know the truth about what the darkness is, how many people will know that you're afraid of what you don't know? 
We all get afraid of what we don't know. But if we know, then we're not afraid anymore. And we can rise above the fear that is coming across the earth. I was at the women's conference, you know, just recently. And I felt, you know, the Lord said to me four years ago that, you know, this fear was going to come across the earth. And I'd just been praying it like it's been four years. And then, uh, what's her name? Lisa Bavir gets up. And she's about the same time she has this encounter with God. She has this dream. And in this dream, she's asleep. And there's a bag at the end of her bed. And she, in the dream, she wakes up. And there's just all these rats and rodents coming out of the bag. And she's afraid of rodents. And they're just pouring out of this bag. And she's just going, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know. She's trying to wake her husband up in the dream. And she doesn't know what to do. And she doesn't know how to stop these rodents going all over her room and climbing the walls. And the next minute they turn into spiders. That's her worst fear. She said, worse than snakes. And they started coming out of the bag, coming out of the bag. And, and she's saying, what is this, Lord? What is this, Lord? What is this, Lord? And the Lord said to her in the dream, get up and shut the bag. Just get up and zip the bag up. And so she did. And in the morning, the Lord gave her the revelation about this, this fear that's going to be unleashed over the earth. And how the Christians are going to learn to zip it up. Christians are going to learn to shut it out. Christians are going to learn to rise above it and see it for what it is. Amen? So let's have a look at this scripture, Psalm 23, 1-6. And it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, famous scripture, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now look at this. Even though, everybody say even though. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this darkness that's going to come over the earth is like a huge shadow. But even though we walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your presence will be with me. You will anoint me with the Holy Spirit, and I will walk through it. Right in the presence of my enemies, you will give a table for me. You'll give me a feasting table where I can just feast on the goodness of life. Right in the midst of the darkness, you will cause a light to shine in me, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Everybody say shadow. Shadow. I want to say this to you tonight, and this is the, this is the title of my message. It's only a shadow. It's only a shadow. Everyone say that. It's only a shadow. Say it again. It's only a shadow. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Anybody ever been afraid of a shadow? Anybody ever, when they were a kid, was scared to put their feet out of the bed in case the shadow under the bed came out and got them? Oh, even now, Jamie, it's only a shadow. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, um, and this is a story that my siblings still 
tease me about. And, uh, you know, I had a vivid imagination, as you would imagine. I do have an imagination, <laughs> have a great imagination. I'm good at telling stories. Phil says I evangelistically, evangelistically tell stories, but they're interesting anyway. His are boring because they're just facts. And, um, you know, you've got to put some sugar and spice and colour in outside the lines sometimes to make things interesting. Anyway, so I have this imagination. God gave it to me. It's a gift that I have. But how many of you know that d imaginations can be dangerous when fear gets on it? <laughs> yeah. And so I used to imagine things as everyone does. And this night I'm in my room and my parents were upstairs in our house watching TV and my brother. And I'm in my bedroom. I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm only young. And I'm in my room and I, I think, I hear something outside. How many of you know you starts with that? Oh, I think I just heard something. And you go really stiff and quiet and you listen and then the something you heard outside goes again and gets louder. And it's like, now you're imagining someone's walking out there. Then you think, I can hear footsteps, I can hear footsteps. And then I heard this deep, deep voice right out somewhere and I go, who dat? Who dat? He's asking who I am. He's asking who I am and he wants to know who I am and he wants to come in here and get me. So I crawled to the end of my bed because I didn't want to put my feet out in case the shadow under the bed got me. And I crawled to the end of the bed and I jumped off my bed out into the hallway so the shadow wouldn't get me. And I ran up to my father. I was hysterical. I was saying, Daddy, Daddy, there's a man outside my window. And he's going, who that? Who that? And my dad looks at me, you know, my brother's just, he falls on the ground. He's in hysterics. And my father says to my brother, go and check it out for us. Just go check it out. Go check it out. And because my brother goes down the stairs, he's going, Huda, Huda. He's teasing me and everything. Anyway, he goes outside and he finds a, a, a humongous frog. Like, you know, he's just going, Rupert, Rupert. You know, the way they go, like, Rupert. I don't know how to do it. Anyway. But, you know, like that. But to me, it sounded like he was saying, Huda, Huda, you know. Anyway, so now I don't live that down because it's like, look out, the hoodat man's going to get you, you know. But, but you know what? The enemy plays with that. The enemy plays with that in all of us, doesn't he? He wants to get fear in. He wants to get fear into you, and so he will use your imagination. And what we've got to be careful of in these days is that we don't let the imagination take over. Amen. Humans are like people stuck in a cave looking at shadows on the wall, believing the shadows are real, but they are just things that get in front of the light. A shadow is just a thing that gets in front of the light. You know, it says when we, get, when we, when we actually get there, when we get to where we're going, we're actually going to laugh at what we were afraid of. Anybody seen The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. yeah. I'm off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz, and they do the big journey because the wizard's going to solve all their problems and whatever. And everybody's scared of the wizard. And they get there and there's this big voice that comes from behind. I am the wizard. What do you want? And they're like trembling, and, you know, because, you know, the lion wants some courage and all that. And he's really afraid. What do you want? And then the veil falls down. And there's this tiny little man going, hello. You know, it's like, that's what it's going to be like. We're going to get up there and we're just going to go, what? I mean, do any of you think about it? How many times you've worried about someone breaking into your house and they never did? You know, I'm 53 now. 
I could have spent the last 53 years, every night of my life, worrying about someone breaking in, and they never have. And I wasted all that time worrying. And even if they did, I would be protected and safe, and God is with me. Amen? Here's a definition of a shadow. A partial darkness or obscurity within a part of space from which rays from a source of light are cut off an, interp an interposed opaque body, opaque body, a reflected image like that. You know, like, you know, what's coming against you is this big and then it gets in front of the light and it gets projected. Right. Amen. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go to this next one, an imperfect or faint representation, an imitation or a copy of something. Just have a look at this picture because... Look at this shadow. And this is like the coat that just hung, hung on the door. You know, how, <laughs> you know how in your bedroom, like, you might hang up your coat at night and then you're laying there in the dark, you're going, what is that? I know there's someone standing there. Look at him, he's got a big nose, he's got a hunched back. And you turn the light on, it's, oh, it's my coat. It's just my coat hanging on the door, you know. And this is what God wants us to do. He just wants us to turn the light on in our minds, which is the greatest battlefield. He just wants us to turn the light on in certain areas so that fear doesn't overwhelm us and we don't come under fear, but we come above fear. We don't come under darkness, but we turn the light on. Amen. Because we are the light of the world. What happens if we get dark? What hope do they have? What hope do they have if we become afraid? And so the enemy wants to get the church into this place of being null and void, ineffective. And as Pastor Phil said, you know, there has never been a move of God yet that touches the whole earth. I mean, we have seen revivals that touch whole nations and continents. The whole of Wales was touched by a move of God that even the animals would no longer obey their masters because the masters stopped swearing. People were, people were just falling down in the streets, repenting and crying and giving their hearts to Jesus out in the fields because a wave of God's Spirit came through. I'm telling you, the enemy knows this is coming. But it's not just going to be a nation or a city or a place. It's going to be the world. The glory of the Lord is going to rise upon His church. And we are going to be sought after and sought out. But what does the enemy want to do before that happens? He wants us to cover us up, get us into darkness, and get us into fear and all these kind of things. Amen? You know, it's amazing that, that um, another revelation that I got recently was from a woman in Bethel and her husband who'd been praying. And they had a vision of the throne of God. And in front of the throne of God, there were three seats where people could come and sit and pray. And one seat was called selfish ambition. And the next seat was called fear. And the next seat was called love. And they said that most people that came to pray before the presence of God either sat in selfish ambition or in the seat of fear to pray. And not many people sat in the seat of love. You think about your prayers sometimes. Oh God, 
bless my preaching tonight so that they all might know that I'm a great preacher. I mean, <laughs> I didn't pray that, by the way. I'm just using it. You all know I'm a great preacher anyway. Anyway, um, you know, it could be, oh, Lord, you know, I used to get like this with my kids. You know, I, I would, you know, be afraid for my kids and I'd pray, oh, God, you know, Please don't let them drive their car tonight because they could have an accident. And, and it'll be all my fault because I should have warned them because I had that yucky feeling in my stomach. And blah, 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 blah. You know, instead of sitting in the seat of love and saying, Thank you, Lord, that you are the divine protector over my children. Thank you, Lord, that no matter where they go, that you are with them, that you never leave them, that you never forsake them. Thank you, Lord, that they are under your care, that nothing will by any means harm them. See, in the seat of love. Oh, Lord, let me be a great preacher tonight so they all might think they'll buy my CDs and I'll be famous. Or I sit in, in, the, in the seat of love and I say, Lord, let me preach tonight out of brokenness for you. Lord, let me just... Let me love them so much that I want to get the word of God into their hearts, that I would awaken them to see. Lord, I love these people just like you love them, God. Give me a heart. See the difference? And so God is challenging us first and foremost to come against this wave of fear is to make sure in your prayer life that you're sitting in the seat of love. So when you begin to pray, check what seat you're sitting in and move. Stop get up and move. You know, oh, I heard a noise outside. Oh, God, protect me. God, protect me because if they break in, they're going to kill me. And, I, and then, oh, get up and move. Thank you, Lord. Right now, there are angels round about my house. Thank you that nothing will by any means harm me. Thank you, Lord, that you are a rampart. You are a shield about me. And get out Psalm 91 and begin to proclaim it over your house in Jesus' name. And learn how to defend yourself against these silly wiles of the enemy and the thoughts that he puts in your mind. Amen? What about, I know all of us have done this. How many have you laid in bed and found, look, look for lumps? Yeah. I mean, you've got, you know, it's wise to check yourself every now and again, but not like every day, like, oh, I'm sure it's cancer. I'm sure it is. This lump. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't let me die. Death of cancer. Oh, God. You know, or it's like you feel a lump. You just go, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that my life is in your hands. That whatever comes against me, whatever foe comes against me, whatever comes against me. I know that I am in your hands. I know that you have a plan for me. It's written in your book. Right. And God, if that entails some sickness, as it probably will, because we're all going to face some kind of sickness, then Lord, let me get through it with your strength. Lord, let me be a witness for you, God. Let, the, let me even just let it be healed. Let it be a testimony for you. And if I can't get healed, God, then let me be a testimony for you anyway. Yeah. Amen. Moving from that seat. This is, this is a, a, an uh, interesting interpretation of the word fear. Is false evidence appearing real? Have we got that, Tim? Yeah. False evidence appearing real. Whenever you get into a place of fear, oh, no, it's going to happen again, or whatever, 
Ask yourself, is this false evidence appearing real? Is the enemy playing with my mind? Oh, you know, like many of you know that I'm going through menopause. It's no secret to anybody. And of course, in menopause, you have heart palpitations. So you wake up in the middle of the night, your heart's going like you've run a marathon. Like it just goes, goes, goes. And you're sweating. And it feels like you're having a heart attack. You feel like you want to throw up, your heart's racing. Oh. So when it first started to happen to me, I would be waking up going, I'm having a heart attack, I better wake Phil up, I've got to get to the hospital, I'm going to die. I've heard stories about people die before they even get to the hospital. Does one heart attack kill you? I don't know if one heart attack kills you. Maybe it does, maybe. And you just go on and on and on. Until you, you, know, you get yourself into such a state. But imagine if I just said, oh, this is false evidence appearing real. Just menopause. And all the women who are in menopause say, nothing's just menopause. But it's just menopause. And you just... Now I've learned to just get in my seat of love and just breathe my way through it. Just like when you're having a baby, you just breathe your way through it. And, uh, and it will pass. And the storm will pass if I don't let anxiety get a hold of me. If I don't let fear grab a hold of me, all our storms will pass. They will pass. Amen? Because God is with us. Look at this little thing I found on Facebook about fear. That next little. Fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Woo! Come on, arise, shine. Amen. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Everyone say amen. amen. Hallelujah. You can say that too. Hallelujah. Oh, that was terrible. Everyone say hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, you've been called out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You haven't been called to come under the darkness to be in the darkness, you've been called out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Amen? Yeah. You are the light of the world. 1 John 4, 18. For there is no fear in love. Let's read this together. For there is no... Is it up there? Let's read it. Come on. For there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one whose fears is not made perfect in love. Whenever you feel yourself afraid, come under the anointing of that perfect love. Right. You see, we often we run away from Jesus when we're like that. We run away from the presence of God. We try to fix it up ourselves. You know, somebody's sick in the family. We, we pray one of those fearful prayers sitting on the seat of, prayer, of fear. And then our minds will say, it's ne they're never going to get better. They're going to die or something terrible. They're gonna, something terrible is going to happen. I'm sure of it. You know what I mean? But in our heart of hearts, in our heart of hearts, if we can just go and sit in that seat of love and say, Jesus, I thank you for your love right now. Yeah. Not just any love, but perfect love. Let it wash down over me. Let the presence of God bring perfect love over me. And let your perfect love drive out fear. And then you go lay hands 
Now in the name of Jesus, I declare healing. And you sit in the seat of love. Perfect love casts out fear. Oh, God will never answer my prayers. I'm not good enough. See, fear has to do with punishment. God will ne- no, God's not going to heal that person. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. Fear has to do with punishment. But we don't have to be afraid. Amen? Our God is in control. You know, things like fear of death. How many people have got fear of death? Fear of failure, fear of the dark, fear of man, fear of rejection, fear of love. I mean, fear just goes on and on and on and on. And all it needs to do is just get a little root in there and then it'll build on itself. And then what you have then is a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why does the Bible call it a spirit of fear? Because once we let it in, then it starts to build up and build up where things just sit on that. Darkness sits on that thing. And now you've got spirits and demonic forces coming around, you know, like, like dogs to their vomit. As soon as they go, fear, and then you've got these things coming. And, but if straight away, we don't let a stronghold abide. We don't let that thing take root. And if we have let it take root, we begin to demolish the stronghold. We take captive every thought in our minds and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And we say, Jesus, change my mind. Renew my mind. I don't have to be afraid. Renew my mind, God. Renew my mind. Renew my mind. Perfect love casts out all fear. Amen? And once you take that stand, what does the rest of that scripture say? For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So who gave you a spirit of fear? The enemy. But God gave us a spirit of love, of power, and sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Who is the spirit of love? and power, and sound mind. It's the Holy Spirit. God gave us a different spirit. Not a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit. Like Pastor Phil said last week, the Holy Spirit comes and lands on rest. And if we can get still enough in that perfect love of God, then the Holy Spirit comes and lands on us. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he gave me a spirit of love and a spirit of power and a spirit of sound mind. Isn't that beautiful? The Holy Spirit. When you're in that place of fear, come into the place of perfect love and cry out for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to land on you. Just get the place of peace first because the dove doesn't like to land on chaos. Calm the storm. Let Jesus stand up in your boat and calm your storm. Put some worship music on. Change the atmosphere. Take authority over the kids fighting. Whatever you need to do to get in that place of peace, get in the place of peace. Get in the seat of love. Get in that perfect love. And let the Holy Spirit 
land on you like a dove, perfect love. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. How many people through their lives have been slaves to fear? I have. I've had to battle that thing like a taskmaster. Fear for my life was like a taskmaster. It came generationally to me from my ancestors, from my Aboriginal heritage, from when they had stolen the children, from when they had been abused. And it came to me generationally, fear came. Fear of being, my children being stolen, fear of this, fear of that, fear of man. It came to me generationally and I had to get that taskmaster and say, I am not a slave to you. For I am born again by the blood of Jesus Christ and I am a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. I have a new bloodline. It is not the bloodline of what has been passed down to me, but it is the bloodline of Jesus Christ. My father is Abraham. I have a bloodline that's linked up to King David. I am the blood of Jesus Christ flowing through my veins and I will not be a slave again to fear. See that? Let's read that scripture again. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And in him we cry, Abba, Father. So we have Jesus that comes alongside of us in our weaknesses. We have the Holy Spirit that comes and helps us. And in the midst of it, we cry out, Abba, Father. How many of you know it's the safest place to be when you're afraid is in your daddy's arms? A strong daddy. A daddy that rescues his children. A perfect father who comes. You haven't received a spirit that makes you a slave to fear like you're some outcast, like no one cares about you, like you haven't got a daddy that will defend you and stick up for you. You're not, you're not an outcast. You're not an orphan. You have received a spirit of sonship. And in it we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. The most intimate thing you can say to God is Abba, Father. And when you feel afraid, you can be a child. You can be a child. And you can just say, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. And Daddy will come up. He will pick you up in his arms. He will sit you on his lap. He will, he will stroke your hair. He will kiss you. He will tell the, the darkness to leave. He will tell the fear to go. He will surround you with his angels. He will fill you with light as a child of God. Sometimes I think he must sit in heaven and just go, Wah. Why are you afraid? I'm right here. I'm right here. You know, have you ever seen a child afraid and you're just saying to the child, you don't need to be afraid. Mummy's here. Daddy's here. You don't have to be afraid. Big sister's here. Auntie's here. And the child's like, look, it's okay. I'm here. And God sits in heaven and says, it's okay. Daddy's home. You are not alone. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Daddy's in the house. It's okay. Daddy has a big bat. He'll go and chase them. And Daddy's not going to laugh at you and go, well, who that man? Who that man? No. Daddy's going to chase that frog. Amen. 
He's going to come and look under your bed and shine a torch and get rid of some shadows for you because he's your daddy. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we are not supposed to be afraid of shadows, and I'm nearly finished, or live under any negative shadow. Everyone say, I will not live under a negative shadow. But we are supposed to live under the shadow of the Almighty. Look in Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shadow, in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Everyone read that with me. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. When we come out from under the shadow that's trying to freak us out, then we find that a large shadow, the daddy, comes and puts his shadow over us. And we live under the shadow of the Almighty. Everybody say Almighty. What does Almighty mean? Tell me, what does Almighty mean? All-powerful? Strong? The strongest? All-knowing? All-present? Omniscient? Omnipotent? Um, Omnipresent? I did that one, didn't I? All-knowing? No, I didn't. That was good. We live under the shadow of the Almighty, over everything, totally in control, Almighty God. That's whose shadow we should live under, not the shadow of death. Amen? You know what happens? You know what happens when we live under the shadow of the Almighty? Then we begin to cast a shadow that makes a difference in a dark world. If we look at the life of Peter... He lived in the presence of God. He lived under the shadow of the Almighty. And all he would do is walk to the temple. And as his shadow went over people, they would be healed. Because he lived not under the shadow of this world, not under the shadow of death, but he lived under the shadow of the Almighty. Acts 5, 15, it says, As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow, everyone say Peter's shadow, might fall on some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered also from towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and they were healed. Look at this picture of Peter's shadow. And this is what your shadow should do. As you walk along the street, your shadow is going to cast over people. And as you come under the shadow of the Almighty, your shadow will cast over them. And your shadow will bring light. It will bring healing. It will bring freedom from fear. As you walk in the freedom of fear, as you walk in the light and not the darkness, your shadow will make a difference. Amen? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit... No, I just want to say this. A shadow has no substance, but it was what overshadowed Peter that people were healed by. Peter's shadow had no substance at all on its own. But because he was overshadowed by the Almighty, his shadow, he carried the abiding presence of God with the shadow of the Almighty. The Holy Spirit 
At the baptism of Jesus, Pastor Phil said so incredibly last week. If you haven't heard those messages from last week and the one from Luke Boyd this morning, you need to get them online. They're amazing. The Holy Spirit ascended on Jesus at his baptism and remained. He was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Whatever you host, listen to me, whatever you host, that is what you will release. If you host fear, what will you release? If you host the almighty shadow, if you host the Holy Spirit, what will you release? Whatever you are overshadowed by is the atmosphere that you will bring wherever you go. Do you know that you can walk into a room and the atmosphere changes because you walked in? What is that? Your shadow has no substance, but you are overshadowed by the Almighty. You abide the abiding Holy Spirit. When you were in your prayer room and you chose to sit on the seat of love, came and landed on you. When you chose to say no to fear and anxiety and depression and the weight of the heaviness that's going to come upon the world, when you chose that, you became someone who can change atmospheres. Amen. Look at this picture. This is what we can cast a shadow of. Can you see yourself there holding up a V or an O or an E? Making love, perfect love that casts out all fear. Thank you, team. You can come up. We're going to go into just a few minutes of worship in a second. Let's go back to that scripture, and this is what I'm going to finish on. Are you all with me? Are you getting this? Because I'm telling you what, the enemy will fight to not give this into your head. He wants you to stay in fear. He wants you to stay in darkness. Isaiah says this, 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. A thick darkness is over the people's of the earth, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory shall be seen. His glory appears over you. Nations, listen, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Do you know that the word of God says that the church is going to be like a dawn, like a, like a rising of a sun until full dawn? That, that there's a slow light that's coming upon the earth and there's going to come a full dawn when everyone will see your light, nations will see your light, kings will see your light, and they will come to the brightness of your dawn. There's a dawning that's coming upon the earth. We are so close. I can smell it. I can see it. And we need to rise up out of darkness, out of fear, and say, I am not of this world. I am in this world, but I am not of it, and I am certainly not under it. But I am under the shadow of of the Almighty in Jesus' name. Look at this last scripture. Woo! Yeah! Get this one into your spirit. Write it down. Highlight it. Matthew 4, 16. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has 
dawn. Come on, let's stand up and give the Lord a hand tonight. Hallelujah. Let's read that again. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a, de a light has dawned. Come on, let's lift our hands up and just worship the Lord for a minute and let that revelation come in. Come on, we need to let it go into our minds tonight. The revelation, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.